Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. It's hard to come to terms with the fact that the war on vaping is political. No matter the fealty public health swears to science, it is perfectly clear political dogma rules the day when it comes to vaping. The prospect of wading into politics in order to save vaping is anathema to many vapers and the associations that represent vaping interests. But the time for trepidation may now be over, as the Canadian Vaping Association announces its endorsement of the new Democratic Party of British Columbia for the 2020 provincial election. Joining us today on RegWatch is Daryl Tempest, CVA's Executive Director and Lead Advocate. Daryl, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, thanks for, so much for having me, Brent, and thank you to the supporters for tonight's episode and, of course, to your viewers. Thank you very much. Thank you for thanking the supporters. That's always huge. Um, before we dive into the substance of CVA's endorsement of the BC NDP, first fill our viewers in on your background in politics. If anyone knows the political playbook, it's you. Uh, well, I, I first got involved in politics when I was a kid, um, and then uh, when I turned 20, uh, that's when I really started to get engaged. So I've uh, fought in many campaigns, uh, nominations are how we pick our uh, uh, our candidates, and also uh, I was director of political operations for the political or for the Liberal Party in Ontario, and been able to work with uh, the federal government and uh, and the provincial government here in the province. So when you say director of political operations, what does that mean? Uh, it's a fancy title for uh, waging political war, essentially, but uh, it's how we set up and get our candidates chosen. Uh, for any party, so it's the same for the Liberal Party, the Conservative Party, uh, NDP Party. Um, we also set up the nominations um, and really guide uh, between the election cycle. So uh, that's where a lot of the grass works, uh, or grassroots work gets done. Uh, and those are purely uh, uh, political uh, uh, machines for each of the parties. So now it's a party that was a party position. You know, can you estimate how many candidates you might be responsible for putting into office? Uh, in the last couple of cycles, or well, I don't know. Yeah, well, you're the only one that knows. Uh, I, yeah, I would probably say at the end of the day, uh, certainly have had a, a strong influence in at least uh, uh, sixty. Uh, different camp, uh, campaigns and, uh, and and nominations for uh, elected officials. So when you were doing this just prior, pretty much before coming on uh, to CVA, correct? Yes, um, I stopped political involvement uh, the uh, the day that uh, I took the uh, position as executive director for the Canadian Vaping Association. My role is to be apolitical. Right. Okay. Apoli apolitical up until just this week, I guess. Or or do you still maintain apolitical amongst the fact that you've endorsed a political party? We've endorsed a party that's good for vaping. So this is an endorsement of a complete platform. And it's really important if you look at uh, uh, how we announced it. was The reason that we decided that we had to make this choice was because we've seen what we went through in Nova Scotia. And let's use Nova Scotia as ground zero. Uh, for what is the worst case that can happen to us as an industry. And then on top of that, what are the steps that we could have taken and should have taken um, over the past five years that would ensure that we don't get there again? Um, so our interactions uh, with the Liberals uh, in British Columbia, for example, uh, this is not a statement on any of their uh, other platforms, 
other than their their fact that uh, the only thing that they've mentioned is that they want to uh, uh, ban flavors. And speaking to another member of the BC caucus, um, uh, was saying that they were their biggest concern was building a bunch of addiction centers for kids uh, who vape. So there was no consideration of harm reduction, no consideration of how uh, vaping plays such a vital role in the uh, in, in saving the lives of uh, thousands of Canadians every year. So let's uh, jump into British Columbia here right off the bat. And where we're at right now is that there was a snap election. This isn't planned. It's happening early. We have BC NDP leader John Horgan. We have BC Liberal Party leader Andrew Wilkinson. And we have BC Green Party leader Sonia Firstenau. And those are the three main candidates in the three main parties that are in this provincial election. So you... The CVA came out yesterday with an announcement that they are endorsing the BC NDP who have been in government. And it is that government that has released quite a bit of vaping regulations. Just walk our audience through just briefly what they've done and, and then let's ease into the uh, endorsement. Okay, so um, obviously, like, uh, not to the extent of the U.S., because um, we have a really a patchwork of regulation in, in Canada, uh, driven province by province, because of so much misinformation that's been put out there, uh, it's really driven the media, uh, which has driven the political leadership. So the provinces are moving faster than the feds um in terms of in terms of regulation so what happened specifically in bc is they took a, a look at the the european model um and really made a decision that they felt that that was in the best interest of their citizenship so what they did was they've capped milligram or they've uh, capped nicotine at 20 uh milligrams per milliliter and they've uh, uh ensured that flavors are only available in adult access only shops um so uh, and then they took a bunch of, um, of uh, specs when it came to things like tanks and, and capacities from the European model and put those in place with, uh, with milligram caps of how much can be in. I think the important thing here is because of the lack of overall um, uh, regulation at a federal level, um, a lot of uh, not only elected officials, but uh, bureaucrats were, uh, you know, um, at a misunderstanding of what they even needed to do. Uh, one of the, the reasons that we're so supportive of um, of the uh, of the of the NDPs um, in the, the province of British Columbia is because they spent a lot of time to understand. And even um, as we came into the election, we're looking at and considering uh, proposals put in by the CVA in order to make changes to regulations to ensure that it aligns with their goals of harm reduction. Adrian uh, Dix, the health minister, was the first minister to come out uh, and really talk about harm reduction and vaping together. Uh, so even if you look at, this is very similar to what we did in Ontario two years ago um, with the uh, conservative, progressive conservative government in this province. And that has led to, and this is a very important um, uh, jumping point for the conversation that we're going to have here, is it led to the best vaping regulations in North America by far. So you have access to higher NIC products. Those are only available in adult stores. We know that youth uh, experimentation is is driven by high nicotine and what they call the heady effect. So being able to control access is a big part of our uh, uh, of our message to government. Um, they kept flavors in uh, adult stores. 
Um, and then they cap nicotine in convenience stores where uh, there isn't as much of a uh, education platform for them to be able to help smokers uh, have success with vaping products. They brought that down to uh, a nicotine cap of 20. Um, and it's also it breaks what's known as the straw sale print, which is where most of the kids have identified of where they get products that they're not of age. They're getting it from an older brother. They're getting it from an older friend. Um, and people are, you know, older kids are trying to make money off of this. They can go into a convenience store and buy 50 of these things and sell them at twice the cost. Right. Yeah, so entre- entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is, a, is the big enemy here, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been a big part. And, you know, so if you look at, um, what happened during that election and what I'm really hoping to do, and this will be important, especially for the Canadian viewers. I think uh, some of it might be lost on the uh, on the U.S. viewers, but I'll, I'll have a little bit on that of, of how it can help. Though, um, is that we really hit the rallies, right? Where you could be visible, but being visible, there's so much more to understand of how the political system works and how you can be ten times more effective in advocating building relationships, educating, and getting involved um, because we are under attack. And I like the way that you said it. And, you know, the vaping community among a lot of the message boards can be somewhat libertarian from time to time, Brent. I think you Mm -hmm. would agree with that. Yeah. Um, And so I saw a great quote today that made me smile. And the quote was, uh, the people shouldn't fear their politicians. The politicians should fear uh, the people. And that really really brought into my mind what the conversation that we're going to have now is because in no way have we organized our way ourselves in a way that politicians should be afraid of us at all we are we're so far uh removed from the i vote i vote to really get to the essence of what that statement is supposed to mean and what that statement means is i'm engaged and we are not nearly engaged enough Okay, so let's let's you know put a pin in that part of the conversation because we definitely want to dive into that. So let's let's continue along with British Columbia here for a second. So let's we've got Adrian Dix, who was the health minister, of course, until government was was dissolved for the election. So we're in the election right now, and uh, voting day is on October twenty fourth. So now's the time, obviously, you know, to be making you know these endorsements and and to try to get uh, the vaping message out in front of candidates. So here is Adrian Dix in his comments from July of this year with regards to vaping and specifically with regard to harm reduction. Vaping is, of course, for some people, harm reduction. And if you are a lifetime smoker, it can have that impact. It can reduce the harm from smoking as an alternative. But if you are a young person, if you are under 19, It is not harm reduction, it is just harm. Vaping is, of course, for some people, harm reduction. And that's the main thing here is that he's the only minister that's hammered that home, any government that's hammered that home, right? That's that's correct. And I, you know, we can go uh, tip for tat with some of the things that we don't like. Uh, You know, uh, because I get the comment me a lot of time, you know, that kids start smoking young and if they move from smoking to vaping, it's, you know, so much better. But I think he really nailed it on the head with his comments. You know, the sum uh, I think would relate to 
the fact that you know it's still eighteen uh, percent, right? Instead of like fifty or sixty, um, and, and we're helping define. Um, and they've been very open to receiving information. So it's one of the few governments that really interact and respond uh, to a lot of the statements that we make, asking for more information, digging for more information. Um, they've also bridged um, uh, uh, opportunities for us to educate a lot of the bureaucracy. So it was it was Adrian Dix and, and his staff. There was their leadership to build the relationships between us and the bureaucrats. And remember, that's so critical because uh, governments do come and go, right? Uh, they do change. Bureaucrats are around for a long, long time. So having the leadership of a health minister to ensure that not only our relationship with the with with the, uh, the minister was strong and the information was going there, they took the extra step to make sure that we were developing um, our relationship with the bureaucracy, which is going to give us that 10 years and being able to educate the actual decision makers. Because you gotta remember in policy, you know, the way I always used to do uh, briefings for uh, uh, for government is I do a one pager for the minister so that they quickly could understand where I was trying to go and why. I do a 10 pager for policy, anywhere between five and 10. So a policy advisor, someone who works in the minister's office, and I would do a book for the bureaucrat because they're the ones who are going through it at that level and at that depth. So um, the the minister's office in this particular case was the one who allowed us to get to giving that person who needed the 100 pager all the information and to be able to help contrast. So one of the things that hurt us with the SNAP election is we were really working to making the um, 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 sorry, uh, to the adjustments to the regulations that we thought would be uh, um, good for vapors, but also meeting their goals of, of youth protection. So that election stalled that process. Like we can't talk to bureaucracy and, you know, we can't talk to the minister's office or in red. Uh, so right now we're in, a, we're in a holding pattern. But those were the most active conversations that I've had with any government. And, and Brent, you know, I've, I've been doing this now for five years. And in, and in my fifth year, this is uh, this has been the most interactive. This government does not believe in um, higher nicotine. It's not because we didn't offer so many pathways of why it was important. Uh, but for them, the data was clear from Europe that the cap was the cap. But could you imagine now um, if uh, um, if the NDP were to lose? The bureaucracy does what the minister wants. So we've already have one longtime BC liberal saying that uh, they want to ban flavors, and another one uh, that's in shadow cabinet for the uh, for the ministry with addiction telling myself and the president of the CVA that her biggest concern when it came uh, to vaping was uh, um, uh, was building centers for children who were addicted to to vaping, and you know. Uh, those kind of comments scare the uh, scare us, right? Like it, it's not even going into the unknown. They've already given you some elements and some sense of where they feel vaping fits. The last thing is uh, when this government came out with the regulations to keep flavors 
they got attacked by heart and stroke and and cancer to, you know all of these agencies telling them that what they were doing was wrong and that they were just putting youth at risk this government stood up and said listen we don't agree with everything that uh, the cda says uh, but we do agree that this is an important harm reduction tool and we're going to keep it when politically it would have been so easy to dump it right you would have got kudos from all the, the people that you want kudos from like you know, you love when heart and stroke and cancer and lung give you a slap on the back. But uh, but this minister said no and created what they felt, you know, uh, was important legislation. So I think that that's a mind shift that we have to get into because in that libertarian thought process is, you know, let them make all whatever laws they want. If we don't like it, we're just going to sue them. Well, first of all, there isn't millions of dollars in Canada for these about lawsuits they're almost never successful right you antagonize the government that you're fighting with right and um it's not like you know you got big tobacco companies and stuff saying yeah this is a great idea and, and they're jumping on with their own lawsuit that they understand that the long game is building relationships right and and um working with governments that are going to support you is a good idea to make sure that you keep the risk because Vaping, unlike any other file right now in Canada, is absolutely under attack. I, I, it is um, the, the only thing that's talked about more than vaping in the news cycle is politics. <laughs> right, so we, we we are now one in the same, right? And there's still so much information out there. I mean, the, uh, the UK they just uh, did a release an announcement that they're getting way less conversions now because of all the misinformation coming out of North America. You know, they're literally putting out uh, as much statements as they can to say, please, stop. Like, now our people aren't using this great harm reduction tool because your media is whipping up just an incredible storm supported by uh, by health happening. So let's go into, and, and the great explanation, and so, a couple of questions for sure there that I have. So let's just take a look at the the actual endorsement. So this was just released yesterday, and the, it is the Canadian Vaping Association's pleasure to endorse British Columbia's new Democratic Party in the upcoming provincial election, which of course is ongoing right now. CVA believes an NDP vote is a vote to keep the products that smokers rely on, as vaping is the most effective method to quit smoking. And I'm, that's you, asking, uh, the this went out to your membership. So this is the to the members of CVA to help them uh, keep the NDP into office. It's, it's just, I think this is such a unique thing that you've done here. I have a hard time getting the words out because this is so unique. Um, so here, here's another statement that you made. We cannot forget that liberal MLA Todd Stone introduced private member uh, legislation to ban the sale of flavored vape products, which you mentioned. And that of course, you've been in communication with the BC NDP government. Um, and then we'll just keep jumping here. The BC Liberals have made it clear to smokers that they cannot count or that they cannot count on the Liberal Party to prioritize their health or support for harm reduction. You again, it's about building relationships. So uh, first, just to clarify a couple things, there is no NDP government, right? We're in red. Right. Um, I did let I did let the. Uh, the party know uh, that we were going this uh, uh, um, uh, going this path, so it's not you know ongoing negotiations. They just said, you know, we know the two things that we have to do to to help, 
uh, and that's uh, get people, BC residents, it has to be BC residents, um, and it can't be a business, to make donations uh, to help their candidates get the message out, and also to work with our stakeholder group through the retail arm, which has a heck of a lot of access and can be pivotal in a lot of key ridings to get out the vote for the NDP. Again, and like I said in my statement, because I believe that a vote for the NDP is a vote for uh, 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 vapors' rights, right? Mm. And this is where it's done. So, you know, if we look in Nova Scotia, for example, uh, instead of going to um, uh, standing go to court for three years trying to get flavors back, because that's the pathway that we're going, we can hit it in an election cycle because a government can come in the next day and change the law. So in this case, in BC, my biggest fear is that they come in and change the laws to uh, take away flavors and to uh, uh, to make it harder to access harm reduction uh, tools through vaping. Or they could work on a positive in Nova Scotia where uh, you can be super impactful at a leadership and then find your way to them coming back to the legislature and saying, hey, you know what, we need to uh, we need to address these laws. So let's add Nova Scotia to the conversation here um, as we weed through everything here. Uh, and just move to your right a little bit there, Daryl, uh, on our shot there. Thank you. Uh, no problem. You've got you squished in a box. Um, so in Nova Scotia, the premier, who the head of the Liberal Party, so he's head of government, and he basically announced his resignation, which in Canada, that doesn't mean an election for the whole province. That just means that the party picks a new leader. And then once that leader is picked, that leader will become premier then without a vote from the people. So it's the party that actually does the voting uh, on it. And that's, you know, dramatically different than in the U.S. So so the premier that has brought in some of the most draconian vaping regulations in Canada in the middle of that, in the summer, announced a resignation. So now there's an opportunity to get involved with that election too as well. Uh, well, in the, in the leadership and then the eventual yeah. um, election. So I think where um, this gets really, really, really neat, um, uh, and again highlights the difference between the two political systems, north and south of the border. Uh, about two percent of our nation belongs to political parties. Okay, uh, and that's where um, when in Ontario, with uh, when Delta McGuinty had resigned as premier, uh, the uh, uh, we we. We had a leadership and I was working for a candidate uh, at the time. And there was only three people left on the ballot. And one of those three people was going to become premier, the most powerful person in the province. And it was down to three people. And it was rank and file members who were really picking the premier. So um, if you understand how to get a lot of uh, members signed up, um, you can have extreme influence. So could you imagine? If there was 30,000 votes and uh, there's what, uh, you know, 400,000 vapors in Ontario, 350,000 vapors in Ontario, you show up with 10,000, uh, you're going to have a massive void. So if you look at Nova Scotia, there's about 60,000 vapors. There's a wide open leadership. There's three candidates running. And we have, like you said, that I agree with you 100%, uh, the most draconian uh, um regulations here in Canada and we have a chance to have a massive say and it's an open democratic system they can't stop you the only thing that's stopping us 
is apathy. Is, sorry, right? is apathy. Is apathy because if when when you the the concept of I vote I vote on election day, you're a blind vote. You're not an organized vote. You're not recognizable, right? That's why the system is supposed to be built. So you're not, you know, throw them out is going to have, which is a concept if you don't like a particular leader, oh, you know, everything they do is crazy. So we'll just vote the bums out uh, without any sense of how uh, the people who are going to replace them are selected, right? And if you belong to a political party, which is uh, uh, very unique to uh, 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 to the U.S., um, it doesn't change how you vote in the general. This is where or the general election. This is where strategic uh, organization makes sense because um, when I was dealing with Nova Scotia, the Liberals wanted ban flavors, and so did the um, Conservatives. And when I was looking for support during that time, neither would get behind it. So what do you do? Right. First, you go to court like we've done. But the second is you look for political opportunities in order to influence those decisions. How is the best way to influence those decisions? Get a ton of members into a leadership and have the uh, uh, the candidate of choice sign a document to say that they'll change the regulation. And then it's been done in Canadian politics before, especially when the Conservative Party and the uh, or the progressive conservatives and reforms came, uh, uh, reform party came together. There's a ton of wheeling and dealing at that time. So it is such a critical element and it's so easy because all you have to do is sign up on a leader or sign up as a member, which is free by the way, in that province and cast a ballot, um, with the, uh, when the organizers tell you, listen, this particular candidate, they're going to support vaping. We, we need to support them. That's it. So you, you, it's probably about a total of, you know, six or seven minutes of work and you could effectively change everything that's happened in Nova Scotia in a year. If, if every, if every adult vapor, uh, that ever bought from a vape shot comes together and does those two things, you do those two things, you could get it all back. We've got, uh, so there's three candidates, and correct me if I'm wrong, if any's been added uh, just in our research. There's Labby, uh, is it, uh, how do you pronounce the last name there? Kasulis? Oh, I can't see it on my screen, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Lab Labby, Kasulis, Ian Rankin, and Randy Delore. Yeah. Right, and uh, Randy here, he's the former health minister in Nova Scotia, so, yeah. and he's running, so he might be somebody yeah. wanting to target. I, you know, if if you look at your strategy, it's the same thing that you kind of were talking about a little bit with the PC liberals, right? Is that if someone's really got their heels dug in, you're wasting your time anyway, right? So in this particular case, what you want to do is organize to make sure that uh, you have an opportunity to open those discussions and be able to support a candidate that will understand what it is that we were trying to accomplish in Nova Scotia in the first place. Right, which was limited access, right? Just limited access and a place for auto. So, it. so you said that you know if somebody's dug dug in, right? You know, it's hard to you know get them to move. So, bringing it back to British Columbia here, where where the election is happening right now. Um, yep. So again, to make sure that you answer this question, is the idea carrot and stick thing? So you know, the endorsement goes out and it's the carrot for the NDP. 
Um, but meanwhile, the stick for the BC Liberals. So and is you know even though that you can't change the people that have dug in, you want to make sure you're letting everybody know during the election who are the people that are not supporting vaping. Well, and, and, and what the change is going to be over the years, and BC is the is the starting point for this, okay. is by being able to organize and show that we vape and we vote. Like, be able to make it into something real and tangible for people to see, right? In writings, uh, 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 support for the party. I think it's the BC Liberals would also take a chance and then step back and say, we should address what is um, uh, platform weakness um, when it comes to to this harm reduction opportunity. Um, so that and they'll show that we can uh, affect change, that we really can vote, right? And that even you know in in the future is uh, find candidates in that party um, that can can help change it from the inside. There's there's 1.1 million vapors. Uh, across this country, which means that that's almost as many votes as the bloc got in the last federal election and that the Green Party got in the last uh, federal election. As a stakeholder group, we are the size of a national party. We need to start the process. And I know it's not going to happen overnight, but we need to start the process of not only being single issue voters. And I recognize very much that uh, that, that can and will be uh, a challenge to the strategy moving forward. But we don't have to be single issue voters if we get back in the process, like what I was talking about with leadership, um, with picking candidates, right? Uh, nominations uh, for the next election uh, for whoever loses, that gets done at a party level. And some of these uh, writings are so small. I got an email from an Ontario one that's looking to do their nomination and they can't do it because they don't have 300 members, which is the party's minimum. So you imagine you go into a riding like that with 600 or 700 people um, that are well organized and understand. So now you're picking in the party that you tend to lean towards, you're picking the next candidate. Right. Like that is exactly how those nominations work. So if you were living in a community, I mean, for less than two hours work a year, you know, or if you want, go to uh, a few of the, the the writing meetings that talk about vaping and talk about the work that you're doing in the community and what your business has done and the lives that you've saved. I think that's always a great investment. But literally for two hours or for two hours a year, you could affect tons of political change in this country as it relates to vaping regulation and um, and keep it as far away from the courts and everything that comes with it and the millions of dollars. and, and and unfortunately, the time, because we're losing our businesses. You know, we, we, we've lost our businesses in those in, in Nova Scotia. You know, there's no way for them to survive, forget, uh, thrive. You know, uh, Atlantic Canada is going to be very, very tough uh, with the amount of, of consideration that vaping gets. So we needed to fight those battles four years ago when we had um, uh, some political support uh from nova scotia uh and then you know we say okay we got our support great off we go uh the relationships weren't followed up on the local relationships aren't followed up on people don't want to just hear from a national body like the cba mm -hmm. where it becomes powerful is when they're getting the phone calls and uh you know um i think that you know ontario was a starting point 
but it was such a large uh, coalition of of partners to to really get Ford's attention. I think BC is the one where we've really started to target. <coughs> Here's the writings where we can help. <clears throat> right, Here's right. A, uh, geo, a get out the vote program that that's going to help and it's going to target a good amount of people. Um, and and the financial support that parties need during the election. Right, exactly. And so back to the endorsement, uh, you know, you specifically have called out to the membership of the Canadian Vaping Association. Now, this would be British Columbians because, of course, as you yep. mentioned, you have to be a resident of BC. Um, so vote for your local NDP candidate. Send out email blasts encouraging your customers to do the same or risk losing flavored products and make a donation to the NDP party to show your support. So um, how do you make sure that if you are going to donate that the BC NDP and the local candidate knows that those dollars that are coming in are coming in from somebody who's got a pro vaping position? Uh, they, they have very uh, strong analytics that will help them track, especially with non uh, traditional uh, members, right? So, but I think the best way to do it is to uh, call your campaign, let them know that you donated and thank them for their support of vaping. Right? Now, like, that's it. That's the real advice, right? Is if you, yeah. if you send in 10 bucks or $5 or 20, a hundred, whatever it is, make sure you call the, yeah. the campaign. Yeah. And just, and, and, and let them know. And, and specifically, even if you uh, do support the NDP uh, on, uh, uh, on their broad uh, platform, um, uh, I think the, the critical message that they need to hear from us, right? Because um, it's, it's, we spend so much time throwing stuff in the wind, right? Like, uh, um, you know, Brent, I think, I don't think there's anyone that does as many press releases as I do. Um, <laughs> right. Um, they're trying to communicate. And I emailed those out to all the political members across Canada, public health, everything else. Um, but there's nothing like when Joe or Jane calls the candidate and says, I'm voting for you. Thank you. Um, uh, I've been smoke free for four years, right? And if you have, if you want to throw in support for high nicotine and adult uh, shops, that's the time to tell them. Hey, maybe this is something you can consider um, because uh, when when uh, when we go back to the ledge, because I'll never quit asking, right? Like it's um, it's a continual thing, like with Health Canada. Um, you know, we've been talking about concepts for three years. Uh, and if um, a certain regulation comes down, I feel it needs to be adjust, adjusted. I'll ask for the next three years, you know, once every month or once every three months. So that part of it never stops. But uh, showing that you're engaged in, in, in their success would automatically make them a little bit more engaged in yours. And I mean, I can certainly say from my own experience, uh, you know, taking a break from journalism for a while in the early 2000s to mid 2000s, and I ended up um, working uh, on behalf of several candidates for the BC Liberal Party here in British Columbia, and uh, did the mainstreeting, manned the phones, uh, you know, went to town on that. And certainly during an election time, when people call in, you know, you're going to really get noted down. Like, I mean, if enough people call into a local candidate saying all of a sudden that they, you know, are supporting vaping, that will get brought up uh, in the monks of the daily campaign stuff. Um, and it's a good opportunity to get that to kind of to rise up, because if it's just like, you know, two years into a government or something like that, 
there's really no, the constituency office is really they're not going to be filtering that stuff up. But during a campaign, the campaign is there, is active, and that's you know you want to make that impact. Yeah, and again, it's going through the campaign office. Uh, there is no partisan politics in a constituency office. Oh, right. Uh, that, but the reason I use air quotes is that uh, you're going to recognize a lot of the staff. A lot of staff take uh, vacation time during elections. I know I certainly did. It was an expectation um, to go work in the campaign. Like you don't, um, uh, you know, getting a meeting in your constituency office would be a little bit difficult right now. Um, but it's essentially uh, it, it, these are these are important elements because if you're calling the constituency office to talk about you know uh, policy and the donation that you gave the candidate, um, they can't t- do anything with that information anyways. So you, you call it you call you call the campaign. That's and, and, that, so, and, and that's what I meant actually. So thank yeah, you okay. for correcting me on that. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Once well, once there's no government, things are different, right? Yeah, and yeah, and there's there's uh, obviously there's different rules, right? So that's why I'm saying like there isn't you know huge deep active conversations with camps as it relates to very specific policies, right? It's more um, them understanding uh, your issues um, and certainly the changes that you'd like to see, and then you have to decide as a uh, as an organization in our case or as an individual. Um, what are your best chances of getting uh, to those changes that you need? And that's why you'll see like with a lot of different endorsements that come out from like labor, um, it's way more specific, right? Just like ours was to this is good for labor. You know, this is good for the teachers. This is good for vapors, right? So it's not unusual. We just have never uh, done it as a community before. Okay, and why is that the case? Because, and now, the preface, we talk about this a lot on, on our show, there is no one monolithic group of vapors. I mean, they cross the political spectrums. They, there might yeah. be chunks and stuff in, in some aspects, but really, I mean, ultimately, they're not all of one mind. And so, single-issue voting, you know, I can understand works well for climate change and maybe the really contentious issues like abortion or gun rights or something like that. But in the end, I mean, is vaping a single, really, truly a single issue topic? And it's the same question for in the U.S. where, you know, the we vape, we vote kind of stuff, you know, is so strong. But yet, you know, it doesn't seem to manifest itself into action. So is it going to be harder in Canada than in the U.S. or easier? I mean, what's your assessment on grouping that together around the concept of single issue? Okay, so one is I don't think it's going to be easy at all. And I think if we had focused on um, uh, becoming far more political uh, at only the general election, I think it would be next to impossible. Right. Long term. Okay. I think if there's, uh, but you got to remember, we better get organized because smoking kills 45,000 people a year. Right. And we're the best chance to make sure that that, um, that continues to go down. And there's a real responsibility for especially us that self-define as, as advocates um, to, uh, to get involved. So if where I think, uh, am I going to be running a series of workshops on this? If I think I can show people how to have a huge amount of impact from my um, uh, very deep knowledge of the political system, um, I can get it so that it doesn't even become something as a single issue during the general elections. 
where it becomes a single issue is when you're in nominations and specific uh, writings, uh, political leaderships that come up uh, at all levels, year after year after year, right? Um, that if we can understand how to have um, uh, an, an impact when it comes to um, um, uh, being able to communicate as a group, as a, as a public group. So this, I think, will allow us to have an impact long before, which after a couple cycles, you'll see a huge amount of change. Because what happened if, six, again, 60,000 voters pick on one party there, um, in, uh, in Nova Scotia. Um, they take over the Liberal Party right now. How much, how much years does that take off? How you're going to change? And how many candidates who are you going to be able to help select that you've built a relationship with, you've supported, you've educated them? That, that takes public health so far out of where you know that was part of your opening line and it's really the biggest driver of the misinformation that's out there so how do we con uh, combat public health that really are you know have this view that you know what everyone should not do any don't drink don't smoke don't smoke cannabis you know uh, don't eat beautiful salami and prosciutto and you know don't 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 so and i get that but it's not a purist society Therefore, if we're going to have an impact to say, listen, people need choices for when they've made the opposite choice. So if, you know, vaping is harm reduction, smoking is just harm, right? People are going to smoke. People are going to make bad decisions as, as, as young people. I know I did, so I can't fault anyone else. The political system is built for, um, for most of this to be obscure, right? right? And I, I think I mentioned to you before, there's probably a ton of people who are like, you know, don't, don't mess with my, don't mess with my party. Don't mess with my, you know, th this is mine. This belongs to me. Like, don't tell people how to get involved with this. Right. Because again, when we, when we talked about politi politicians should fear the people, they don't because only 2% of the people are engaged in any way that would really help, you know, um, uh, help them raise money or uh, help them during campaigns or even who the candidate is at all. When they'll start to fear you, is if 50% of the nation belong to political parties, man, could you imagine how competitive those races would be? Right. And it would create conversation, right? I can, I can go into, like I said, I can go into a writing right now in uh in in uh in ontario with 350 people and i know right there one day i have at least one pro vaping candidate so it doesn't take a lot when it when it comes to nominations uh for the party uh and all the leadership race that we're going to see in nova scotia this is probably going to be a yep. good opportunity let me ask you this what's been the reaction from the vaping universe here in canada to the cva coming out with this announcement Mostly, uh, not much at all. Uh, what I have heard um, has been fairly uh, negative um, in terms of, I think it goes back to what you said, as you know, I don't believe in the NDP party. They're talking about the platform at large, right? Um, uh, for, um, but I mean, the amount of comments were like three, 
so I think it's really important. I think this interview, and I'm very thankful for you, is a way to post it in those places so that maybe people can get a better sense as to what we're trying to accomplish and how and the steps and the years it's going to take to get there. Um, and then, um, but I think we're talking and I've been working the phones. Um, first, I already heard a bunch of retailers in BC were doing it anyways, because they got it intuitively. Like they didn't need me to suddenly fall from the sky to give them this advice. They had taken it intuitively. I've, I've heard there's a lot of posters up in stores, uh, very similar to, to my messaging. Um, I also talked to a few of the uh, major players who really got the concept and we're going to work on um, uh, trying to uh, come up with a complete strategy to support the, the NDP here in, in the coming election and to make sure that uh, that we meet our commitments because, you know, I want to make sure that we look uh, credible. The thing is, is that by having credibility in BC, it's also going to show many other political um, uh, parties and political operators, uh, like I used to be, um, that we are serious and that we can get it done. Because the the vaping community in Ontario, which is a large part of the CBA, um, is taken very credible, uh, or is, is is very credible with uh, uh, with the uh, uh, provincial Tories and the provincial Liberals. So the so, I, the idea here is that the is that the politicians don't fear the vapor. Maybe they do a little bit more in Ontario, but in elsewhere they don't. And so this is a process of, of, and when I say fear, I mean, it's just like that, that you're relevant, you have an impact that you'll come out and vote based on, you know, your, your position on being, you know, pro harm, harm reduction. So these are the issue. These are the ways in which you construct this concept of fear. It, it's mostly impact. It's like, if, if you, if you can be a squeaky wheel, then you're going to get noticed. And, and I think the key here is that the pathway that the, the CDA board has supported uh, me on with this is that this is this is prescriptive. Like this isn't fluff, right? This is very, very strategic uh, uh, pathway to not ask for change, but to force it, right? And that that is that's the difference between passive um and and i even call um you know sitting back and and waiting until you can uh think you can take legal action this takes this takes effort like this takes leaving your home right leaving your comfort level learning um more about our system right and that's why they don't fear not just vapors but pretty much anyone there's a reason that labor is always one of the most effective is because in education, and we'll talk about unions who tend to do extremely well in this in this realm, it's because their members pick a small group of people, but when their leadership tells them to move, they move, right? And that's why you see like a lot of, uh, especially say here in uh, in Ontario, um, a lot of change in, in where labor goes is where the government goes because there's so many unions out here. And when they say that they're going to vote for someone, they vote. So they know that they can take that to the bank. That's the type of, of reputation that we need to earn um, and we need to educate. So as much as we're going to have to spend time educating the politicians and the political system about vaping, we're also going to have to um, educate 
vapors on how to best find their voice. Because uh, I vape, I vote on the election date with no other engagement uh, is really limited so much in its impact as opposed to what I'm presenting. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to get the impact much earlier in the process. Let me ask you this. Um, in the reasoning and the, the thinking inside, you know, with the CBA board and so forth, was there some consideration to what it might mean in terms of attracting the wrong kind of attention to a candidate or the NDP, for instance, from, say, heart and lung and cancer and so forth? Doesn't that kind of invite attacks uh, on the government that you're hope, hoping is going to continue along with the process that is essentially pro-vaping? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that as, uh, as, as being a concern. Um, it's not like we've asked the NDP to um, come out as a, uh, as a party platform um, to say, okay, you know what, we're moving forward with vaping in even bigger ways. I, I think for them, that's political suicide, I'll be honest. I would never have suggested it. Um, I think it opens up back this conversation and this demand for uh, vaping as a discussion for youth uptake only and leaving harm reduction completely off the table, which is where we find ourselves in, in, in many other areas, specifically in, in Atlantic Canada. So, you know, and if you look at, uh, and I'll be putting this out tomorrow, uh, we're also going to be endorsing certain candidates and we have an NDP uh, candidate, there, sorry, a uh, independent candidate in uh, Josu Anderson, which is in Chilliwack. Um, uh, spoke to uh, uh, spoke to Mr. Anderson. Um, has a very broad platform. Um, uh, certainly uh, uh, very progressive, uh, from what I've been able to research. But again, uh, very very probating. So here's an opportunity to even step back from party politics, and to be able to say, here's someone in a riding that is achievable and is winnable, um, and is uh, currently liberal and has been for the last two terms. Um, we can uh, really work with the with um, the group there uh, and the vapors because there's only fifty thousand eligible voters in that particular riding, and there's like eight or ten vape shops. Chilliwack right. is a massive vaping community, so they could really uh, have a, an independent voice. Uh, and you know, as long as you agree with the the balance of his uh, of his uh, of his platform. But he also will never be at the cabinet table or they're making the decisions. But it'd be nice and amazing for the community to have a real educated vapor talking around the misinformation at a platform not only hold government accountable, but also public health. Is that now you're in the position where you can uh, um, dig into to public health and really give them help. So um, even even though you've come out in support of the BC NDP party in in the case 100%. of the riding the Chilliwack riding, you're actually supporting an independent there. Uh, yes, an independent there, uh, uh, very pro vape independent. And the name and again, again and the uh, name again for our viewers who are oh right. absolutely it's uh, sorry it's uh, Josu so J O S U E and then Anderson A N D E R S O N. Okay. Yeah, and. Oh. Uh, the I think you know uh, again talking to to, uh, to Mr. Anderson. I think really what I came away with, and uh, certainly a talk to uh, talk to the board, was um, was his passion for uh, for vaping.
right? And it's an uh, owner of two stores, uh, and, but neither of them are in Chilliwack. So the, I, I don't think uh, the stores there will be, you know, always a competitor. I don't want to support them. Um, but, I, you know, we're starting to see where we can have tremendous, uh, tremendous support in, in areas like that. So I kind of know the answer to this question, but let me ask it still as a question. And that is, would it make a difference to the, you know, the national argument here if you could actually point to a candidate that won, uh, you know, a seat in the legislature based on support from vaping? Clearly, I mean, you know, clearly, especially, especially as an uh, as an independent who probably doesn't have like the brand recognition that uh, a previous member would have. Yeah, that would uh, that would more than raise some eyebrows. Um, even at a federal level. Okay, so you mentioned earlier in the interview here in British Columbia with regards to getting active and, and trying to make some things happen, you mentioned a retail uh, arm. And what, what exactly, is there an organization or a body or group of retailers that are that have activated during this election that you're talking about? Could you, you know, fill us it, in it's, a it's, it's, it's cer- Yeah, it's certainly coming together. Um, I, I hopefully will have more to update your viewers and I'll make sure that you have the information shortly. Um, but the, the concept there's, you know, there's what, 80 shops, 90 shops in, uh, in BC. Yeah. Um, so every shop on average has anywhere between two and 5,000 active members or customers. Now we know there's going to be some crossover in places like Chilliwack where there's so many stores, but on the average, you know, you, you got, uh, you, and the vaping community um, at the retail level, they tend to be very active on, um, you know, the emails that you send out to your customers and stuff like that. So you have a very strong audience that understands your positioning very clearly that you can, um, uh, you can organize. And this is how labor and, and, and unions and everything or all those other organizations do that. It's all through email essentially. Um, and then phone banks, um, to get out the vote. Right. It's it's that that element of it is it's way more um, way more impactful than you think. I think it's it's making sure that people get the messaging as to why you think this should be important to them. Um, But again, I think the general election, uh, this goes to your point, is so personal. Right. So if we can utilize this. Uh, spider web earlier on in the system, I think we'll have a lot more engagement. So that's what that hub and spoke looks like is that, you know, you, if you can start getting, you know, even 30% of those people, that's a huge number. Um, I've been in, I've been in elections where um, uh, I've won or lost by less than a thousand votes. And more importantly, I've been in nominations when I've lost or won by 20. Yes. Uh, the, well, the the 2005 election that I worked hand in hand with Lauren to get Lauren Maincourt elected, he won by 11. Yep. He won by 11 <coughs> votes. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, every hand you shake matters and so forth. So, you know, yeah. as we're as we're looking to wrap up here, so big message is that in Canada and also in the states, of course, but it's political now. If you think that you can win this battle. Uh, to secure vaping rights and not get political, I mean, your head's in the clouds. It, it was it was political as of August 2019. 
because that's when the media started to take its attacks and forced vaping legislation. Uh, and those who put in vaping legislation had no sense as to how to do it. It became political in August 2019. It just took us as a community a year to rebuild the relationships. Because you got to remember, no one wanted to hear from us in October. Right. We were going after kids. Right? Like that was the perception. So, but uh, with a lot of hard work and a lot of support from a ton of people across this country, um, we've been able to reopen those um, uh, those bridges and build those relationships. So it comes right back to how you open the, the, the show is there is a government in BC that supported the concept of vaping as harm reduction, put in regulations that we agree with them all, absolutely not, has been open to feedback on those regulations and how we may and could address them, and supported us and answered our calls and answered our emails and helped us with our relationship development. Why would we not support a government that took those steps to support our community? So um, this is why I think these conversations and programs like you, uh, this great program that you put on, Brent, is so important because we're always telling everybody what we want them to know. And then we forget sometimes that we got to also listen and figure out what we need to do to make sure that we get the right support. And let me add, um, in our five years, we're celebrating our fifth year now our anniversary is actually happening right now over these next couple months oh. we're, we'll start releasing some of re-releasing some of our uh, original pieces which still have legs um uh, of our vaping coverage and let me just say that like it goes back to like how you said in in august of 2019 it was just they went they attacked the virtues of vaping and you know all vapors to the extent that you're you know really behind the vaping you know it was virtuous uh to vape and that got destroyed and so the, the rebuilding that back up is kind of that process with politicians to get them to understand if they didn't, that there is a virtue that's behind this. This isn't just about addicting kids and, you know, and so forth, but for vapors, they've got, um, I mean, the, in the hundreds and hundreds of interviews we've done, uh, you know, countless thousands of hours, there's a sense that, um, that we have this right, we have a right to protect, you know, our body the government is still selling us the cigarettes. The public health spent, you know, 30 years demonizing smoking and, and nagging us to death, making us pariahs in social environments, forcing us to quit. Many of us who did quit, especially in these later, you know, times and stuff like that, just a matter of a year or two. And all of a sudden, you know, vaping is is deadly evil and you're killing kids. And it's just the 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 assault on your sense of virtue and what's right is hard to get over. And so to ask vapors to jump into this dirty political process uh, and to have to make compromises uh, in order to achieve a long-term political goal is tough for a lot of them. I would think so. I think what I would challenge back is that uh, the system is, is actually far more transparent. I think as a citizen of a nation, like let's go a little even more global. As a citizen of Canada, we should want to be engaged. Like I got engaged not because of any 
uh, opportunity uh, that I thought that, uh, um, uh, uh, that, you know, I would get exclusively because I was in politics. I mean, there's lots of ways to build a, a good career. I think that I loved it and I found it so interesting and I realized how accessible it was. It's, I, I, it's not, uh, it's not dirty. The reason that it goes on in my mind is uh, with, we get the leaders we deserve, right? If we get engaged, it will change the type of leaders we elect, right? And sometimes I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's hard for people to process. Why should I give a crap? Well, you know, Brent, I got four kids, eight and under. You know, that's why I give a crap. And and I think it, that's an important part of citizenship. You know, it, it was never meant to be easy, right? It's our responsibility um, to uh, to be engaged. And, you know, there's lots of tools and resources out there uh, to help people uh, along that process. So I, I really, uh, I have so much faith in Vapors because they fought like crazy to build up this industry, right? And, you know, the old swap meets and 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 how they uh, networked together and found each other in the internet. Um, they've never been afraid of a fight. I think now we have more of a, uh, a tool uh, through, uh, or like through the CBA uh, to be able to target that passion and to be able to uh, uh, force change as, as rather than trying to ask for change uh, at the end of the cycle. After the process, yeah, people are installed in government and they're they're on their way. So how can our viewers who live in BC, where can they go or how can they get in touch with you if they've got questions on what to do or, or plug into the retailer network and that thing? And then with regards to Nova Scotia, because that's unfolding right now. So the candidate, right not yeah, the close, they just closed yeah. for the number of candidates. So there's three candidates for sure there that if you're in Nova Scotia, you know, zeroing in, you know, I would say as vapors to figure out, you also don't want to have cross purposes, right? So I guess to an extent, that's where CVA plays a role as identifying where to put that support, correct? Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, if the um, if the vapors in Nova Scotia will give me a hammer, I'll use it, <laughs> right? right? I need the hammer. So, you know, if you... You kind of asked two uh, two separate questions there. So I did. For BC, for BC, please email me at hello at the CVA dot org. Um, hello and at the CVA dot org. Yeah, and my team will help um, uh, get that information to me. Uh, just uh, as I as I try to filter uh, everything through our uh, through our specs. Um, but I've already put on the fundraising link. Uh, for any of those that wish to uh, to donate, um, the other thing you can do is just call your local uh, campaign office, and and they'll they'll direct you just as easy. Um, but for get out the vote, um, just want to make sure that people register. So please let me know. And then on the other side with Nova Scotia, um, because this is uh, we also have an election in Saskatchewan, and I'm working hard on uh, getting support for uh, for vaping. Um, um, very specific uh, support to make sure that we can continue what's uh, happening in Saskatchewan. As you know, there's intention papers and everything coming up. So again, you can see how tight that is. If we can really have an impact in this election 
it bodes so much better for what we're going to see for the attention papers on the other side. So when it comes to Nova Scotia, um, we need to start in November. So send me uh, contact information at hello at the cva.org. And it's really important that you send it to me because the problem is we lost the store network. So where all those names are, then contact the phone numbers and cell numbers and people we can uh, reach out to and explain how our strategy is going to be effective. We kind of lost the, the, the network. Right. right. So this yeah. this is going to be a longer challenge. So, um, but it is it is critical because to again to me, you know, if their election uh, or if their membership is at call it fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, you know, um, this is why labor unions and stuff can take over the process in a massive way because they're like. Sign on this link. I'm a liberal and vote today. I need you to vote. Yeah. And, and that's really important for people to understand is that nobody's asking you essentially to have to give up your entire political positions on every issue. You might find that you, you know, naturally have voted for a particular party and now you're pissed off at them because of what they've done with regard to vaping and you'll never vote for them again. Well, maybe you would if you were one of, say, 2000 people that had signed up in the leadership race and are affecting the decision of the new leader. And that changes and the whole ballgame. It does. And it's also critical to know that the day that leadership is over, it doesn't matter. You can leave the party. You know, it's there's no rules uh, restricting you to that. So I know, for example, um, during uh, uh, um, Kathleen Wynne's eventual uh, premiership, uh, my grandpa became a liberal. Uh, party member to support my candidate. Um, that man's never voting liberal in his life. <laughs> so, you know, he did it to help me and um, and support the candidate that I was uh, a dear friend. Uh, and so, but it was it was people like him that chose Kathleen Wynne over Sandra Puptella because they got to, uh, they got to use their voice there. And then he just went back to voting conservative. I, I don't think my grandpa minds me telling people how to vote. Well, strategic voting, I mean, party politics, you know, that's what drives, you know, our elections here differently than in the U.S., but, you know, obviously there's some similarities. But, yeah, you can get involved at the nomination level, at the leadership level, and you can make a big impact. And I think that's that's critically important. And a hat's off to you guys for doing that. You're the only association I know of in North America that has stepped directly into the political fray and announced support and endorsements of a political party and specifically candidates too as well. Um, so good on you. Thank you. We're very excited, uh, not only for this one, but many more to come. Excellent. Well, look, thank you very much for coming back on the show and just stay right there. And that is it for this edition of RegWatch. Before you head off, please go over to support.regulatorwatch.com. That's support.regulatorwatch.com. And consider making a financial contribution to our vaping coverage. It's easy. Dig into your wallet, find a few dollars and toss them our way. You'll be happy you didn't, so will we. And as I mentioned, this is our fifth anniversary of vaping coverage. And if you've watched any of our 332 episodes in our, you know, 50 whole truth episodes and anything else, you know, we uh, could use your help at this time. So please uh, consider doing that. And while you're online, don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. For RegulatorWatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford.